This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Las Vegas, Spencer Linton, and from Studio B, Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tournament Title Tuesday, March 9th. Let's go, baby. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside a guy who is always excited to stay up super late for an overtime basketball game, Spencer Linton. Listen, uh, that limited sleep would have been way worse had BYU men's basketball not uh, delivered a victory out of the clutches of defeat last night, winning, in the words of Mark Pope, beautifully ugly. So, hey, I'll take four or five hours of sleep as long as BYU gets to championship Tuesday every day of the year, Jerem. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, you got that no kids sleep going for you, so that's great. Here's your, here's your show lineup. It's championship game day for BYU men and women's hoops. Congratulations to both for getting there. Awesome stuff. We'll preview both games. We'll chat with assistant coach Nick Robinson for, on the men's side. You'll hear from Paisley Harding on the women's side. Will the receivers be the deepest skill position group for the Cougars this season in football? And 500 fans are back in the stands for some of the uh, spring sports, which is very exciting. Is it enough? We'll discuss. But first, today's headlines. BYU men's basketball, again, in the words of Mark Pope, winning beautifully ugly in overtime against Pepperdine last night, 82-77, securing what we affectionately call on BYUSN the non-Gonzaga West Coast Conference title. We did it. Thanks to we, a couple of big-time plays, Jerem. One from Alex Barcelo to give BYU the lead late in regulation. A.B. takes the inbounds, down to 20 seconds. Left wing, right wing, Averitt to Barcelo. Driving lane, reverse score! The Cougs take the lead, and timeout! (laughs) What a shot. Beautiful play. He He ain't quiet anymore, baby. Alex Barcelo doing his thing, Jerem. He's become so clutch for BYU late in the season on this run. The other play came from an unlikely figure, Spencer Johnson on the defensive side in overtime. 20 seconds, Edwards, Altman, a steal, Spencer oh, a steal it. by Spencer Johnson, into Loner, gives to Barcelo, Spencer Johnson, and Barcelo's fouled at the halfway line, Spencer Johnson picked off a pass and saved it behind his back, the play of the year for BYU. Tonight, the Cougars and number one ranked Zags, part three in the WCC Finals, live on ESPN. You can watch that game at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Listen on the BYU Radio Sports Network, of course, at the same times. Women's Hoops dominated San Francisco. I mean, crushed them 85-55 after nine days prior, losing by 14 on the Hilltop. What a performance in the West Coast Conference semifinals, led by 23 points from Paisley Harding. Cougars face number 16 Gonzaga on the women's side in the title game as well. For Eastern, ESPNU, and BYU Radio. BYU football through five spring practices now. Head coach Kalani Satake addressed the state of the team one week into March and the development of promising freshman quarterback Jacob Conover. I'm really excited about what I've seen from the team right now, and we'll, we'll just keep building on this. Last year we, we were cut around this time, you know, where we're done. I think we're done after practice five, and so now we'll try to make the next ten count and, and try to make sure that we can help this, uh, you know, get us into 
good momentum going into the offseason and going into fall camp. Notably missing from this headline, a social media melee that many of you are aware of, but due to NCAA compliance, we are not allowed to talk about specific details and names. We will discuss these additions to BYU football when they do become official. You can thank the uh, Longhorn Network for this one. Men's volleyball stays at number two in the ABCA coaches poll. Cougars eight and two. Uh, behind number one, Hawaii. Actually fell to number three in the media poll. I voted BYU number two in the media poll. Women's volleyball stays at number 15 at 10 and 1. Cougar Nation is back in person, Jerem. Limited number of fans will be welcomed back to upcoming games for men's volleyball, women's volleyball, baseball, and women's soccer, not to mention women's gymnastics. Up to 500, we're hearing, which is a start. And a great sign for things to come. So happy that these athletes are going to have a chance to perform in front of some fans. And it'll be fun for us, BYU TV. We're doing seven games between Thursday and Saturday. So you and I are going to be busy, bro. Let's go. (laughs) All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Men's Hoop survives 82-77 in overtime over Pepperdine in the West Coast Conference semifinals last night. Game the Cougars led for all of 29 seconds in regulation. What emoji, Spencer, best describes your thoughts on the BYU Pepperdine game? Uh, Jeremy, I'm, I'm doing my best here to try and come up with one emoji, and, and, I'll, and I'll zoom in here on my computer um, to see if this, if this pretty much sums it up. But th- this is what I got for you, man, okay? That's, <laughs> that, that's the emoji that best describes my emotions right now based on what happened against Pepperdine last night and what BYU faces ahead of Gonzaga. It's just kind of a, I don't know what to expect now. It just was survival last night. Um, and wake up and see, see what happens. I think we're all collectively in a mindset outside of the immediate BYU basketball team that as BYU takes on Gonzaga for a third time this season, that we, we kind of are like, well, just keep it close. You know, that, so that, that's, that's pretty much how I'm feeling right now emotionally is that very picture. Just keep it close. But what is close? We have to define that as well because I think Gonzaga's played maybe two games in single digits this year or one. I think it's one, uh, and it's can, West Virginia who's a top ten team. Yeah. So, so can BYU be the second team all year, the third time they face the number one ranked Zags to be within single digits? Frankly, I would be happy if BYU could stay within 14. I- I've reached that point with this Gonzaga team where <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, 84 to 70 or 78 to 64, like I, a respectable I'd take loss 14 to Gonzaga. To <laughs> I'd take that. We're going to be. Hey, BYU's going to beat him in football, though, right? Yes. Let's go. No, BYU will always have that. We'll always have what's called a football team, which is really fun. Yes. But okay, what emoji do you have? Uh, my emoji is the uh, expressionless wide eyes guy, <laughs> which is the amount of charges that it was that close at the end with Pepperdine and that BYU got out. And, and Because if BYU lost that game, Spencer, that would have been the first quad three loss in the Mark Pope era. And I just don't yeah. want that. Uh, let's take a moment to talk about something. Colby Ross... Um, is a tremendous player. He's a really good player on a bad team. Um, four years ago, they were 6-26 and 26 when he was a freshman. This year, they were the three seed. That is great stuff. 
But the love that Colby gets is really interesting to me because they've never mm. won anything that mattered. Did you know they've never played in a postseason game? They've not even been to the CIT. He gets so much love for, for a team that has not gone to a game that matters. I, again, he's a good player. But when he doesn't get to the line, he's not very good. He was inefficient again. He was 4 of 17 in the win over BYU. Uh, last night, he was 7 of 24. His last two games against BYU, he's 11 for 41. He hits the clutch wow. shot to get the game into OT. But just he just gets a ton of love, dude. He just And this is my reaction to that, too. Like, oh, okay. Good player <laughs> on a bad team. Someone's got to score. He's got a ton of great stats. But the fact that BYU won that game, I was like, okay, yes. Because he, listen, he chirped at the BYU bench at the end of regulation. And I was like, did anyone go chirp at him when their season ended? Like, I hope not. But I just think it's really weird. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I'm happy that BYU avoided a Q3. I'm happy yeah. that BYU's in the title game. And uh, it was super late. The officiating was super tight. There were a ton of free throws. Amazingly, Colby Ross only took two, one of two, and BYU survived. Like, ah, BYU loses that game. Loses two of three to Pepperdine and is out in the semis again. That's garbage. But uh, for whatever reason, Pepperdine was a tough matchup. Again, again, they're talented. Kessler Edwards, tremendous player. Kobe Lee, uh, Ross. Tremendous player. But BYU needed to win that game, and they did. So I'm watching the game last night with a couple of our producers here in this isolated suite they have for us at the Orleans Arena and uh, said to one of them, BYU has made a living in the final eight minutes of regulation. And the Cougars were down by eight, I think, at that point, as many as 10. They had like a 13% chance to win the game. Okay, yeah, when they went down by 12, they had a 13% chance to win the game at that juncture. But I I looked down the line and I said, this is where BYU has just figured out how to win weird games this year. So I'm interested to see what happens. And they did it again, Jerem. So I can't say that I was, like, shocked. I I kept saying, don't be surprised if they just figure out a way, as ugly as it might be, to cobble something together, to piece it together. And get the championship Tuesday, but because of the unique format of conference tournament championships, like I, I was happy for the BYU basketball team. But then, like 15 seconds later, I'm thinking, okay, they got Gonzaga tomorrow. Now, now what? Yeah, what, <laughs> now, what's now? Now what? What's left in the tank, which we'll address in a second. Resume update: BYU stays at 19 in the net. Fantastic. 24 in Ken Palm drops four spots after last night. Ooh. Uh, 29 in BPI. I still like you know top 30. KPI, 6. Okay. Uh, Strength of record, 19 plus 3. And then Mm Sagarin stays at 23. So looking good. Lenardi still has BYU at a 7. Doesn't seem like BYU is going to come off 7 unless something drastic happens. I'm interested to see what happens. If BYU loses tonight, does BYU drop to 8 or not um, with Lenardi? Because you'd think one game against the number one team, and I'm saying game loss, if BYU loses. Would that affect BYU by, by a whole seed line? Would BYU drop to an eight? I'm hoping not. We've talked about that. But right now, uh, you know, seven or eight, depending on who you ask, Bracket Matrix has 6.85. So maybe, uh, maybe BYU stays at a seven. Jeremiah, on to topic two. There's something to be said about BYU just finding a way to win in spite of 21 turnovers. Woof. And you have to think, okay, BYU should be better than that Tonight against Gonzaga, not turning the ball over 21 times, committing however many offensive fouls. Just it, we, it's normal to hope 
that it will be better against Gonzaga. But Jerem is hoping to beat Gonzaga tonight. Worth it emotionally. Okay, men's basketball team, ignore my answer here. Uh, maybe not? Sure, let's watch the game and see what happens. That's how I approach this year's Gonzaga. Like, every year with Gonzaga, but this year, I've gone, hey, BYU can win the game. BYU can win the game. There's a chance BYU can win the game, for sure. This year, it's like, that. this is not an indictment on BYU men's hoops at all. It's a comment on the greatness of Gonzaga men's basketball. And for a moment, this turns into Gonzaga Sports Nation. They're just too good. They're just too good. I'm sorry. The fact that BYU didn't cruise to a game where they could rest the starters doesn't help, right? BYU had to use everybody full bore into OT. Game is three hours later anyways. So by the time Gonzaga finishes their game at about 8 Pacific, BYU doesn't even start doesn't even start until 9 Pacific and then goes to about 9.20. So there's a three-hour, 20-minute difference where, you know, or sorry, 11.20, where Gonzaga's sitting there going, we have won, we have rested, we cruised, and... Uh, you know, I I hope BYU can keep it close, like you said. If BYU is within 14, that's great. I, I it's just the start of the game is the key. BYU trailed 23-2 up in Spokane, 14-2 here. BYU kind of played pretty even after that with the Zags, but it's what they do. And even if BYU is even, Gonzaga is going to make their run at some point in the game. Like it doesn't have to be in the first four minutes. They're just so good. This doesn't mean BYU can't win the game. I'm just saying it's going to be awfully tough. And if BYU competes well tonight, I'm happy. I'm looking at those records, and I see BYU with 20 wins and five losses in this season. That is remarkable. Yeah. And so any other year I'm thinking, wow, this team capable of doing that this year. But they're taking on the best team that has ever graced the floor in Spokane, Washington. This is clearly the best Gonzaga team that Mark Few has ever compiled. So – it's, I mean, based on the previous two games, it's hard to feel like, yeah, yeah, they got a pretty good shot. I mean, it just, it, it's hard for me to go there emotionally. But I want you to listen to what Mark Pope said here about a third opportunity to play Gonzaga and see if it changes your emotions at all. We're the only team in the country this entire season that's going to be blessed with the opportunity to play the number one team in the country three times. And, um, and we are so incredibly grateful for that. Okay. He used the word blessed and grateful to explain a third opportunity to play the Zags. And then he added this. We're not grateful for a third chance to play the Zags because we think we're going to lose. We're grateful for a, fir- a third chance to play the Zags because we can't wait to go take another real shot at this and see if we can change the story. Ah, uh, yes. The, the basketball team and the coaching staff, Mark Pope, is built on believing in yes. the impossible dream. Yes. And that is the impossible dream, beating Gonzaga in Las Vegas for a conference tournament championship, which sure. BYU has not done in 20 years. They're in the right mindset. So I, I like that. It, it makes me feel good that they're hopeful so I can kind of attach my hope train to theirs. And I know that rebellions are built on hope, Jerem. I, but for me, I, it's, it's hard for me to go there emotionally. I'm still at the point where I'm just like, eh, just play better than you did the first two games, and I'm cool with that. Again, it's not an indictment on BYU. And, and a mind, listen, you can have the best mindset ever. It doesn't mean you're going to get the thing you want. Um, Gonzaga's amazing. Gonzaga's amazing. That's the bottom line. They're incredible. BYU's very good this year as well. But that difference is really wide. If BYU competes tonight, I'm happy. All good. All good. 
Okay, our question of the day. What's your realistic expectation in tonight's BYU game versus Gonzaga? Win, keep it within single digits, don't get blown out, or other? Let's hear from you, interestingly, in the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Stephen Notham on Twitter. I don't think the margin of loss would, no matter how bad, have much impact on BYU's tournament seating, but a win would. I expect Gonzaga to fight in the shade because BYU will get loose enough uh, threes to blot out the stadium lights. Got to risk it for the biscuit tonight. Uh, the, the margin does matter, though. Um, I, I don't want BYU to lose by 25-plus. I think that would be terrible. But if BYU can keep it in singles, incredible. If BYU's in the mm. teens, incredible. Uh, given the way that Gonzaga's play, Like, Gonzaga's so good, man. Again, it's not an indictment on BYU. It's just... Gonzaga Sports Nation sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Barrett Henderson appreciates that, it. I'm sure, He's the uh, sports information director up there in Spokane. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think there's some real credence to BYU feel like being locked into like a seven seed at this point because they won last night. But I don't, I don't know. It would make me feel better about for sure being on the seven seed line if BYU could just play better than they did the previous two games. Okay, let's get this on film just in case it happens. Okay, ready? BYU will beat Gonzaga tonight. Woo! Okay, so if it happens, we, we, had, we had it on film, like I did with Wisconsin a couple years ago. <laughs> All right, Jerem, coming up on to BYU football. As currently constituted, are things a little too quiet surrounding BYU spring football right now? Please make they weren't it. exactly on social media yesterday. You're right. Please make it manifest, if so. And assistant coach Nick Robinson on how to avoid that slow start versus Zags and how much sleep he got. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Gonzaga tonight for the West Coast Conference Championship. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern with Cougar pregame live. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant on the call, 9 Eastern. And listen to all of the action on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Listen, it's a title Tuesday, baby. Let's go. Jerem Jordan in Provo, Spencer Linton in Vegas. Our next guest is our favorite all-time assistant coach at William Jewell. If you've not heard of it, it's in Missouri, in Liberty. That's where he's from. His name is Nick Robinson, assistant coach with the men's basketball team on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. William Jewell, a, a, just the pride of Liberty, Missouri, right? What's going on, guys? William Jewell, an amazing place uh, with a Hall of Fame coach in Larry Holly. Uh, 900 plus wins. Uh, was so fortunate to be able to play uh, or to work for him. And to uh, he was actually my first scholarship offer uh, in uh, eighth grade. <laughs> nice. No one breaks down William Jewell hoops like BYU Sports Nation. Okay, how much sleep <laughs> did you get last night as you guys uh, played a late game? with Pepperdine into overtime, and now you prep for Gonzaga in the title game. Hey, just enough sleep to be able to get us through title Tuesday. Let's go now. Um, you know, it was a great game last night. Uh, we got back uh, to the hotel. Our guys were able to eat and uh, stretch and uh, begin the process of getting a great sleep so they can recover for today. And as a staff, we met uh, pretty quickly thereafter uh, to recap the game very briefly and uh, move on to uh, uh, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Nick, I would like to point out that 
compared to last year when BYU Sports Nation was so rudely interrupting your quiet time during free throws and practice. We complied this year and were super quiet and you won the game. So look, we'll take the accountability for not winning last year, but we complied this year and clearly it made a difference. Hey, I'm so glad you guys learned, right, from, uh, you know, mistakes. That's what we're all about with BYU basketball is getting better the next time, getting better every single day. Hey, Nick, it turns out that BYU is pretty good when Alex Barcelo doesn't have a broken, uh, you know, uh, hand or wrist or finger or whatever it was last year. What was it again? Yeah, no, so he had uh, a little bit of an issue, right, uh, with his hand, and he didn't have that issue uh, this time around, which was amazing. Um, you know, clearly, uh, you know, him being able to, uh, you know, make kind of the go-ahead shot as well as um, ape right from the free throw line. I mean, talk about our seniors, right, all three of them. They only missed one free throw um, and all crucial free throws. And um, But, yeah, no, it's, it's great to have, you know, everybody healthy, uh, you know, at this stage, and we want to continue to stay that way. Coach Pope referenced that this team is really good at winning beautifully ugly. It's this theme that you have going this season. How would you explain what winning <clears throat> beautifully ugly means? Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, you know, it's one of the things, you know, that, you know, we really, really strive, you know, each and every game uh, to give our everything that we can, right? We're a team that's uh, willing and, uh, you know, to respond from mistakes that we make. And, uh, you know, this team has done an outstanding job, you know, of uh, being able to battle through a 21 turnover game, um, being able to battle from 12 down and a half and 10 down and a half uh, to make it really exciting for, you know, Cougar Nation. You know, that's, that's our goal, guys, is we want to keep everybody's heart rate up you know, make sure that they're, uh, you know, alive and well, right, at uh, 1130 at night. And, um, uh, you know, but really hats off to our guys for uh, being able to, you know, be physical and, and really go against one of the great competitors, you know, that the WCC has seen. Um, you know, you talk about Colby Ross, who I think has started every game in his career. Uh, you know, they were last in the league when he got to the league. And, uh, you know, and he's been able to battle, uh, you know, night in and night out. And, uh, you know, really had us on the edge of our seats uh, as he was, I think, just a foot in front of that three-point line, um, you know, on that, <laughs> on that shot. Coach, Richard Harward's haircut qualifies as beautifully ugly as well, right? <laughs> uh, Rich, Rich broke out the haircut uh, uh, last week, and uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, agree to disagree. That's all right, right? Um, This was such an important win because your coaching staff, you know, under Mark Pope and the assistant, you guys hadn't lost a quad three game. That would have been a quad three loss. So you guys avoided what would have been a a Q3 for the first time. I can't believe you guys haven't had one yet. That's been pretty notable. Now you move to title Tuesday against number one Gonzaga. And St. Mary's and BYU, uh, you know, two teams that have three shots at uh, Gonzaga here. what What's different about this one other than it being the title game? And how much do you use those previous game plans or throw them out the window? Yeah, so, I mean, clearly we all know that Gonzaga's, right, the number one team in the nation, right? They've got great offense. Uh, they've got three players that I think are on the wooden watch list, right? And so, 
you know, those things, you know, we've been aware of, um, you know, as the years progressed, right, their capabilities. But the thing that's changed in, in our minds is we've gotten better um, after every time we've experienced Gonzaga. And so, uh, you know, the street that we're on is because, you know, of our last game versus Gonzaga. You know, the things that we were able to re learn, the things that we responded to, um, our guys' ability to be able to, uh, you know, be a little bit more, uh, be a little bit tougher, right, to play uh, together more. Um, to do uh, the ugly, beautiful, beautiful, ugly things, uh, you know, that are uh, help us uh, win games, um, you know. And so, uh, you know, we, we see that this is a real opportunity. And, um, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, but maybe a year ago that, you know, the BYU program was, you know, in a similar situation. And, um, you know, we're really, really excited about the opportunity to be able to play uh, Gonzaga on Title Tuesday. Coach, what can you take from a game last night in such a short amount of time and teach to your guys in order to make them more mentally tough and prepared better for Gonzaga tonight because it is such a short turnaround? Well, there's clearly one focus. Take care of the basketball. Um, you know, for us, uh, last night's game, uh, you know, we did a lot of really, really good things defensively. We did a lot of really good things offensively. Uh, but the 21 turnovers and everybody got a a chance to turn it over. Uh, you know, we've got to, uh, we've got, we've got to protect the basketball, uh, be strong with it, uh, you know, throughout the night tonight, you know, we've seen in the first two games, uh, that early turnovers have really cost us. And so, uh, you know, we want to, uh, respond, you know, in a real positive manner, uh, throughout the very first two or three minutes, uh, for sure. Uh, but consistently throughout the game, because Gonzaga, they want to beat you um, out in transition, right? They want to, uh, you know, get steals or turnovers uh, and really run the floor, uh, and they do it at a very, very high level. So if you take care of the ball, and, and that was very generous of you to acknowledge that everyone had a chance, very giving, right, um, to turn it over last <laughs> night. Is that the key to the first couple minutes? Because up there it was like 23-2 to two and Provo was 14-2. to two. They just jumped out, and, and ultimately, like, that margin was kind of the difference. You guys were pretty even after that but that was the difference so if you take care of the ball you feel like hey you got it you, you can make it weird later well you know in addition to taking care of the basketball you know clearly we've got to you know come with a real sense of urgency defensively right we've got to uh, execute offensively uh, we've got to uh, be really physical um, you know, Gonzaga, uh, you know, they're, you know, clearly, you know, the best team in the country, uh, and they're very, very talented, but they also have a real edge to them. And so, you know, for us, you know, we've got to come, you know, with an edge and a fight and a sense of urgency, uh, not just to start the game, but for all 40 minutes or 45 or 50 or however long it takes, um, you know, we've got to play great basketball. You know, each individual guy's got to play for his teammate. Uh, they've got to make uh, plays for one another. And uh, we've got to really do a great job of communicating and helping, helping each other defensively. Coach, no question they have a three-headed monster plus some when you look at the likes of Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, who's the conference player of the year, Drew Timmy's coming into his own in the post. So which player is the most critical to slow down, if you will, or contain in order to be in position to make things interesting late in the game? You know, I think for us, you know, it's really going to be about the team, right? You know, you know, all those guys, you know, including some of the uh, 
you know, the other guys, you know, they're averaging double figures, um, you know, but, you know, that, <clears throat> their strength is not the individual, right? Their strength, along with our strength, it's really about the team. And so, you know, the team that comes out and is able to rebound at a really high level, uh, that's able to, uh, you know, defend with urgency, uh, you know, without fouling and putting guys to the free throw line. Uh, the team that's able to come out and execute their offense without uh, turning the basketball over. The team that earns great shots, right, for one another. You know, that's the team that's ultimately going to, you know, be victorious tonight. And so, uh, you know, clearly, you know, they've got great individual basketball players, and so do we. You know, we're really excited about, uh, you know, the guys that, uh, you know, we've got on this team and the growth that they've had uh, from day one to now. And uh, it's March. You know, it's it's title Tuesday. Uh, what more could we ask for? If BYU wins tonight, will you help us do what Cody Figure said he'd do if you win? Which is give him that same bowl cut he had in a photo with Rick Majerus that we showed on the air a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave that privilege and honor to both of you and allow you to uh, uh, enjoy that experience. Uh, I'll enjoy the photos in the aftermath. <laughs> yeah, well said. Do you want to throw your name in the ring for anything? You, you want to put your hair on the line to some degree? I don't know. We're, we're always game and open to other things. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that that's uh, in my wheelhouse right now. Um, I'll, I'll be, <laughs> uh, I'll be ex- super excited, just like all the Cougar Nation will be uh, as we go out and compete tonight. Well, Nick, we're stoked. And compete is the name of the game, right? Um, if you pull off the upset, it would be one of the biggest wins in uh, BYU history, and it'd be for a championship. And so we'll hope for the best. We'll hope that that happens tonight. Regardless, you're in the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, uh, coming up uh, Sunday, Selection Sunday, which is very exciting. And, and Mark has talked about this, Nick, and we'll finish on this, is that the, you guys are almost playing for the team last year as well. Like they, whether, you, whether you like it or not, there's sort of this two-year thing associated with this group. So um, Sunday and tonight and Sunday, those are in, in the tournament, it's meaningful for Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson and, and Zach Selyus and all those guys, right? Yeah, I mean, you think about the seven seniors that were on the team last year, right, who, uh, you know, many of them carried the program to the point that we are today. And, you know, how grateful we are for, you know, their amazing contributions and how disappointing it was uh, for them not to be able to experience the NCAA tournament. And so you're absolutely right. Coach Pope is absolutely right. Um, You know, we're excited uh, for what's ahead tonight uh, and into the future. Uh, not for just for this current team, right, but for the teams of the past. So, um, you know, we're, we're super excited about the chance to compete tonight, and, uh, and uh, let's go. Okay, Nick, we appreciate the time. Best of luck tonight against the Zags. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, that's Nick Robinson, assistant coach for BYU Men's Basketball on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, you know why, we show how. Okay, we got the game plan, right? Don't turn it over. It starts there, yeah, at he- least. Here's to uh, less than 16 charges combined between oh the two gosh. teams in tonight's game as well. Let's uh, hope for that as well. <sighs> Randy McCall, Hey, you coming dog. up, Jerem, it's not just the BYU men playing for a title tonight. The BYU women's basketball team will take the floor first this afternoon. I spoke with Paisley Johnson-Harding yesterday about her big game, and is she now vaulted herself and Connor into that number one power couple spot? That's really on top of her mind going into the championship Tuesday. We'll discuss. And will the receivers be the top skill position group this year at BYU? Ah, this is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, what a throw.
This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Title Tuesday at the West Coast Conference Tournament. BYU women's basketball takes on number 16 Gonzaga for the WCC Championship. You can listen live on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app, 4 p.m. Eastern, with Greg Rubel and Kristen Kozlowski on the call. Yeah, it's a uh, doubleheader day on BYU Radio, which should be a lot of fun. Jerem Jordan in Provo, Spencer Linton in Vegas. Let's whip it! Cook Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. Jerem, given recent reports and developments, will the BYU receivers group be the deepest of all the position groups in the 2021 BYU football season? I think so. I think the additions that have yet to be officially announced will be so notable that perhaps, yes, uh, the receivers will be number one. Running back's pretty loaded as well. If we think that there are actually three good quarterbacks competing for quarterback, that room is loaded too. We like what's coming back and developing with the O-line. Tight ends, good young group, Holker and Rex. So I think there's a lot of talent to go around. Perhaps it's receivers by hair. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the receivers because, again, it's not official, but there are a lot of stars both in recruiting and in star plays on the field oh, that are official. going to be it just hasn't potentially been joining BYU. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the receivers group right now for good reason. Okay, there's a lot of narratives that come out of uh, spring cam- uh, practice or fall camp or whatever. Is it a little, a little too quiet out of spring football right now? I'm actually okay with this. Uh, I, I, let's ramp it up towards the end of the month, but we're only one week into March, five practices in. We've discussed the quarterback situation. We, we know what's going on there. It's, it's too early to say, ah, it's too quiet. You know, it's, it will get louder as we push through the rest of this month and, and basketball starts to calm down just a little bit. It would be louder if BYU stunk at basketball, but it's quiet because BYU's good. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that for sure. Jeremy ESPN's Charlie Cream still has the BYU women as the second team out in his updated bracket following yesterday's dominating blowout semifinal win over San Francisco. Do the ladies need to win today to feel good about getting into the tournament? Feel good? Absolutely. I think if BYU loses, they won't feel good uh, about their tournament chances. I hope they get in. I think BYU deserves it. Net is a little low, right? BYU's in the, what, 50s? If you're in the 40s, you're feeling a little bit better about those opportunities. But I think BYU needs to win today to get into the NCAA tournament. Man. Yeah, and if they don't win today, it, it better be a really, really close loss. And then it's hang on for dear life in that tournament bracket selection show because they might be the last team in, depending on how things go today. But, hey, just just beat Gonzaga again because that's what Jeff Judkins has done more often than not in this tournament championship. They've met five times in the title game, and BYU holds a 3-2 edge down here. BYU women's basketball is better than BYU men's basketball in the WCC tournament. A lot of it has to do with Gonzaga men being more dominant than the Gonzaga women. But historically, Juddy's won several of these tournament titles. BYU hasn't won one in 20 years, even with his jimmerness. Uh, so this is interesting. By the way, I haven't thought about this. Where is the NCAA women's tournament in India as well? I haven't heard what they're doing with that. That's a great question. I, I don't know. San Antonio, where it is. we're told. It's, uh, okay. So it'll be in Texas. Okay, San Antonio, okay. Texas, isolated location there. Okay, good to know. Okay, and finally, with BYU allowing 500 fans into sporting events this weekend, is that enough as a first step back for fans? Sure. They let 2,000-ish fans into uh, the final two men's basketball games. That was about 
10% capacity. The Smithfield households, 5,000, so 10% would be 500. This feels like the appropriate step. I'd love to have more, but I'll take anything at this point. So, yeah, 500 feels like a wealth right now. It's better than nothing, for sure, but hopefully we can uh, continue to increase that as we go and do it safely, of course. All right, Jerem, coming up, Top 5 Tuesday presents the top five upsets in BYU basketball history. Ooh, I like it. And prop picks plus Paisley Harding on the matchup with Gonzaga. This is BYU Sports Nation on a title Tuesday. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday on BYU TV, 12th ranked BYU Gymnastics will host number 11 Denver at the Marriott Center in front of 500 fans. Watch Thursday's meet live, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in multiple locations from Las Vegas and Studio B in Provo. I spoke with Paisley Johnson-Harding yesterday following her 23-point outburst in BYU women's basketball's uh, extreme blowout of USF in that semifinal. She recaps that performance and what she expects in another title match against Gonzaga today. Paisley, what is it about Las Vegas and this floor and this tournament that you enjoy so much and makes you play at such a high level? This is what we work towards every single season. It's such a fun place to play. I wish the fans were here with us right now. Shout out to all you Cougar fans and all the fans um, in, the, in the rest of the conference as well. We miss you guys. We wish you guys were here. Thank you for all the support still. I know so many of you guys are watching, but I love playing here. I love playing here with the team. It's such a fun gym to play at. It reminds me of like high school state, and that was always a great moment for me back then too. So I just love playing here. Well, Paisley, in that first half, your team was a little bit slow offensively to kind of get going, particularly Gonzalez, Gustin, some of those bigger scores for you. But you had a great time finding your shot. And what was working for you and what was in your going through your mind? Um, honestly, last night I went to bed dreaming about making some layups. I've, I've had a little rough go with those <laughs> the last um, end of the season. And I just envisioned it last night and I was hoping that it would happen today. And I felt really good with all my lay-ins today and I don't know, I think that helped a lot. I think also just um, my team was so focused coming into this game. It was like we weren't cheering a lot for each other um, in warm-ups, but it wasn't because we had a lack of energy. It was just all of us were dialed in and ready to play this game. We really wanted our revenge on um, the really good San Francisco team. How many times over the last nine days were you reminded about losing to San Francisco on the hilltop? <laughs> Man, every, every day. It was every day. You know Jetty was talking about it. <laughs> yep, yep. He didn't let those go easy, right? He holds on to those. Well, in that game, they shot 56.8% nine days ago, and you held them to 26% defensively. It was a clinic. They shot a lot of threes, but what was the game plan defensively coming in? Oh, my goodness, yeah. So, obviously, 21 she is such an amazing player that here um, as a freshman. I know she played last year for a little bit, but hats off to her. She's a great, fearless player. It's so fun to play against her. But our game plan so it was to not let her shoot. Um, we did a, four, a 44. We called it 44 as a box and one on her, and we really tried not to let her get the ball. We did a really good job. Shout out Kaylee and Maria. They played great against her tonight. It was absolutely awesome to watch them play. They did awesome. I'm so proud of them, but 
that was kind of our big focus. We also knew we can't let them just sit out there and shoot. And honestly, defense was what lost us the game last last week. And we knew if we were going to come in here, our offense is going to drop. We know we're a good offensive team. We have so many um, people out on our team that can do that. But defense is where we really can stop teams. And as you can see with the score tonight, like we were able to do that. Basically, you take a team that was shooting over 40% for the season from the field. They shoot 26%. You turn the page, and the challenge is issued again from Gonzaga for a tournament championship game. Uh, like San Francisco and you wanting to face the Dons here in Vegas, your team collectively said, we want to face Gonzaga in the tournament championship again too. Uh, what do you anticipate tomorrow when you match up with them once again for a tournament title? It's going to be a fun game, let me tell you. It's always fun playing against the Zags. They're a great program. They always have been. It's, it's such a great competition coming in against them. And I don't know, it'll be a fun game. I'm excited for all you guys to watch us play. Cannot wait. Paisley, Johnson, Harding yesterday following that win against San Francisco. Jerem, she was locked in from the get-go. Collectively, the women did get out to a slow start, but Paisley Johnson-Harding was, was kind of pacing them through the first quarter, and then when uh, the team got it going, they, they really got it going up by as many as 34 in that game, ended up winning the game by 30. So uh, a well-deserved spot in the championship game against Gonzaga. Gonzaga's really good, uh, but BYU's good too. So can BYU win this game? Absolutely. BYU has to summon a performance similar to what they did in Provo to take down the Zags. And uh, Shaylee Gonzalez has got to play well. Harding's got to play well. Obviously, Lauren Gustin's got to match up with Jen Worth and do well. Um, you know, perhaps that's Sarah Hampson. But they, you have 2,000-point scores on the other side and back-to-back uh, players of the year. Co this year with Jen Worth, but Jill Townsend. And it's going to be an interesting match. I love BYU's guard line. I think BYU has a better guard line. I think the bigs, uh, that matchup's going to be interesting as well. So, Bureau could win this game and probably needs to to make the NCAA tournament. So, it's a big one this afternoon. Yeah, certainly. And Sarah Hampson, with her height and her length at 6'7", has always been a tough matchup for the Worth sisters, Jen and Leanne. And they're really good players. It's not like they're short. I mean, they're coming at 6'4", but... 6'7", with, with those long arms and how many shots she can block, she just alters things mentally for even some of the tallest and best other post players in the conference. So I really look forward to that matchup, seeing the co-conference player of the year, Worth, go against Hampson inside and against Lauren Gustin. And then, as you mentioned, Jeremy, the guard line for BYU, how they match up uh, against Jill Townsend and the Trong twins. I mean, Gonzaga's got two sets of twins, and they're both, like, elite sets of twins. Yeah. You know, they're really good players. It's kind of fun, right? Uh, makes recruiting easier, I guess, in that regard. So that's coming up at 4 <laughs> Eastern time on ESPNU. You can listen right here on BYU Radio as well. Gregor Bell and Chris Kozlowski. Okay, time for our prop picks, recapping last night with the Pepperdine BYU game and the men's side, and Gonzaga picks for tonight. Presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. All right, our first question, Jeremy, was how many three-point shots will BYU collectively make in the first half? You went with five. I had four. BYU had four three-pointers exactly in the first half, so I take the first point. I don't want to name names, but Connor Harding missed two wide-open corner threes. Uh, Number two, which player both teams will be the first to get to 10 points? I said Kessler Edwards. You said Colby Ross. Kessler Edwards scored the 11th point, the 10-11 mark of the first half. We're all tied up for one. All right, on to the third one now. 
How many points will Caleb Lohner score? And this one was really entertaining coming down the stretch. You said nine, I said ten. And for like the last eight minutes and all of overtime, Caleb Lohner was stuck right on nine points, and it didn't move. So you take the point. Caleb got my text. That's great. Okay, let's bring in Ben Bagley and get our picks for tonight's championship edition of Prop Picks against Gonzaga. All right, we'll start here. How many points will BYU score in the first five minutes of the men's game? Real compelling stuff here. Uh, I say eight. I think BYU will be a little bit better than they have been the first few minutes, but not much better. Yeah, amazingly, Jerem, eight points would be better than what they've done against Gonzaga early in the games. I'm going to be ultra optimistic and go one above you. So, hey, ultra, nine, nine points or more. Ultra nine optimistic. Nine points or more for BYU in the, in the first five minutes against Gonzaga. All right, number two, which BYU Cougar men or women's team will score the most points against Gonzaga? Jayla Gonzalez is my pick, co-conference player of the year. She's a baller, struggled initially in yesterday's game. Didn't matter for BYU, but I think in this one, She's got to she's got to dominate the Trong twins um, and and be really effective for BYU. That was the key to winning in Provo was Shaylee's play. If you hadn't picked Shaylee Gonzalez, then I, I would have gone with that because I think that her second game is going to be much better than her first game here after a little bit of rust. But I'm going to go on the men's side uh, again. This is this is kind of a risky pick because the men's uh, Gonzaga are so good, but. Alex Barcelo had a nice game against the Zags in Provo, so I hope that he continues that here in Las Vegas and he can go for, you know, 18 or 20. Last one, which Cougar scores the first points for BYU in the second half? Matty Homs, and there'll be free throws. Well, I need Alex Barcelo to score as many points as possible just because of what I picked, so I'm, I'm going to go with Alex Barcelo. I hope he scores the first bucket out of the halftime break. Coming up. A rise and shout out to one of the unsung heroes within BYU Athletics for almost four decades. And the top five upsets in Cougar Hoops history. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. What a steal last night by Spencer Johnson in overtime to uh, seal the win. BYU Sports Nation, always on demand, free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Or you can download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday because it's Tuesday. We have five plays. Presented by Delta Airlines. If BYU wins tonight, they find themselves on this list. Let's look at the biggest upsets in Cougar Hoops history. Number five, Jerem, back in 1992. BYU upsets number nine, Oklahoma, in the Maui Invitational. 76-75, Cougars trailed by four with under 20 seconds, but a Shane Knight three made it a one-point game, and then, well, Knight steals the ball. Kevin Nixon... After an initial miss by Sanderson, makes the shot from inside the free throw line, and the Cougars celebrate like crazy. Kevin Nixon, a big game, a buzzer beater, crazy. Number four, 1998, 9-21, BYU beats number 16, New Mexico, 83-62. Snapping a 41-game home win streak for the Lobos. This was BYU in the black jerseys, by the way. First time, I think, they ever wore those. 
Lobos were 21 and four ranked. BYU had won one game the year before. End up winning nine games this year. This was unbelievable. At number three, 2015. The Jerem shaves his head game. Yep. BYU goes on the road, upsets Gonzaga, 73-70. They were 29-1 going into that senior night. Kyle Collinsworth, 20 points. He put the Cougars up five with 17 seconds left. This lit- literally put BYU in the NCAA tournament, this win on the regular season finale. And gave me less, uh, more win resistance? Question mark? Number two, BYU's only trip to the Elite Eight happened in 1981. Six-seed BYU upsets two-seed Notre Dame. Danny Ainge, of course, the shot. BYU beat three-seed UCLA as well before that by 23 five days earlier. Danny Ainge had 12 points in the game. Doesn't seem like a lot, right? But it was only 51-50, of course, over Orlando Woolridge. And BYU gets to the Elite Eight. Well, what's going to beat that? How about 2017? BYU upsets number one-ranked Gonzaga. They were undefeated. 29-0 going into this game. The Cougars unranked. And huge underdogs win 79-71 in Spokane. Eric Mika had a huge game, 29 points. T.J. Haas added 17. BYU was down 18-2 to start in this game, and they found a way to do it again in Spokane. Those are the top five upsets in Cougar basketball history. 2020 probably should have been, maybe it was barely off. Our question of the day, what's your realistic expectation in tonight's BYU game versus Gonzaga, our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort? Jordan Brady on Twitter, don't get blown out, no more than 15. Boys are tired. They're locked for the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga's nearly untouchable. Don't get destroyed. Go to Indy without COVID. That's the number one thing. Yes. Today's Rise and yes. Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward, Mick Hill, 39 years as Director of Equipment Operations. They've renamed the equipment room Floyd Johnson and Mick Hill. That's awesome. Yeah, a well-deserved honor for Mick, and uh, I love what he's done for the program. Just incredible stuff. Okay, our thanks to today's guests, Nick Robinson and Paisley Harding. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to McKelly Wesley. Listen to the women's title game at 4 Eastern, men's game at 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Go Cougs! Tournament title Tuesday, baby! Let's do it!